I'm not saying like I want people to like hunt them and have it, but like if I can take one in close quarters combat, I should be allowed to eat it. You can't. Are you gonna use so a garrot? Give up that. I'm pretty pipe sure I can Dave's take it. Dave's gonna No, no, Dave. Fine, I'll hit it with my car. <laughs> we have to cut all of this. To 99.59s of the population, this is just a beautiful endangered bird. They don't know that I've seen people <laughs> trapped inside a Taco Bell by one of these assholes. <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. <laughs> We are four film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Howdy. Casey. How's it gonna be? And Juice. I'm Dave's nipple. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? This month, our theme is a very lifetime Christmas where, God help us, we are watching Christmas movies from the fucking Lifetime Network because we hate ourselves. Oh, yeah. We really do. You'd be a lot prettier if you smiled. <laughs> you know that's not lifetime, true. Lifetime, turning it around. <laughs> Last week, we watched A Very Nutty Christmas, uh, which was not nutty at all. Oh, God. This week, Juice, it is your turn. So what did we have to watch tonight? I don't know about you. I was nutty the entire entire fucking episode. What? Nutty to Teddy. Nutty in my pantsies. Uh, this week, I decided to go a little bit less lifetimey and a little bit more on Vogue with an on Vogue Christmas. Oh, I see what you did there. Yes, literally members from on Vogue doing a lifetime movie. It's a, it's a thing, guys. It happened. I didn't understand that at first. I just figured on Vogue it was going to be a fashion what? thing, but turns right? out you literally meant the musical group. What? Immediately. Maybe because you didn't realize the V was capitalized. If the V is capitalized, <laughs> yeah, that sure. means three women in stilettos are going to blast you out of your fucking seats with just like audio vibrations. That's True. correct. When, when, when Juice told me the name of the movie, I did not realize that the V was capitalized. You're very correct That's, that's that. fair. That's very true. I did not know that. Next week, we're going to fucking bring Santa Wears Prada. Juice, we need to get an elevator pitch from you where you sell us on this movie. So here is your setup. Uh, for years now, you've been running the opera house that you inherited from your father. Uh, and things have been going pretty well for you. There were some rough times, but you managed to get some old acts back in for a benefit concert just on Christmas Eve that's going to save the place for you. You're watching from the rafters above and the big finality is just coming up. Uh, but unfortunately, you got a little too into the music and you have just fallen over the side of these rafters. So it's a really big opera space. So you've got about 10 seconds before you hit the ground. In that time, sell us on this movie. So Kendall, some character who's trying to save her family's opera house, tries to get on Vogue or at least two members of them to do a Christmas show. But they're not going to do a Christmas show because of reasons. So instead, they do a Christmas show. <laughs> Nine, Nine seconds. seconds. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it, but it's accurate, but I hate it. Yeah. That, that was, was too on tone. That's haunting. Mm. Haunting. Yeah. That was so raw and honest. Thank you, Juice. Well, Casey, as the lead singer hits that high octave note, you are totally engrossed in the music, and it is so loud you can't hear my screams as I come hurling from the second story balcony toward you with tears streaming down your face. Sell us on this movie. 
and Vogue gets Gaslit into pushing all their family plans aside to save the theater that almost derailed their career the first time thanks to an entitled orphan. Eight, Eight seconds. seconds. I wow, wanted okay. to say Orphis, <laughs> but I didn't. I almost heard the end of that before me and your bodies became completely joined in a puddle of goo. <gasps> we should totally get, um, what is that? When you get squished and then burned. We should get cremated together. It's <laughs> like, who's going to take the time to separate us anyway? What is squished that? and what is burned. That? You get squished and then burned. Yeah. Uh, awful Wait, torture, what? murder. I don't know. What words are you looking for? Wait, does that mean that our families are going to have to come to the Christmas party together? Christmas oh, party. I We're bet they Christmas would. funeral, guys. <laughs> Casey Juice Suicide Pack 2020. Fuck it. Juice and Casey's elevator pitches have... Put us in a position that we need to talk about the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. The Opera House is a family-owned club torn apart after Kendall's father dies in a tragic accident. So sad. Lifetime wants us to think En Vogue got their start there, but now the club is in financial danger. Main character Kendall is disappointed at the co-owner, her uncle Marty, who gambles the Opera House's money away. Cough, cough. Yeah, you fuck up the script this time, Dave. <laughs> Uncle Marty is David Allen Greer playing an ultra cocky club owner. He's got a do none of the work, take all the credit attitude that puts Kendall off. So she goes to college and becomes an uber successful promoter, manager, uh, professional music person, basically, and no longer speaks with Marty. Uncle Marty, Dave. Yeah, yeah, he's a prick about correcting that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so pissed when you don't call me daddy. <laughs> It's daddy juice to you, Dave. Uh, When Kendall discovers that the opera house is really about to go under, she decides to try and recreate her favorite memories from childhood. Which is to get En Vogue back together for a Christmas concert. They weren't really interested in doing Kendall's concert. That is, until Kendall uses the gaslight to guilt strategy. Nothing like emotionally manipulating your way into getting your desires. Uncle Marty helps too, though. He gets wind about the concert, and despite promising to stay out of all of it, he just promotes it immediately everywhere in town. <laughs> Predictably, on Vogue's pissed that he started advertising it already without their approval, and also the fact that he stole a shit ton of money from them back when they were getting started. So, feelings. But Kendall still manages to get En Vogue to agree. And then we briefly get an awkward conflict for each of the three members of En Vogue. Wasn't there a fourth member of En Vogue? Where's she? Who knows? Okay, well, I Googled it, and I tried to find (laughs) the answer for under three seconds, and at first it was dead, and then it was fake. (laughs) Oh, no, that's right. They they split off and made a new En Vogue. Okay. Oh, what was the new En Vogue? What was the new En Vogue? En Vogue to the max. At the same time. You know what? Like, imagine if Pepsi Max had been released by a competing company to Pepsi. I know (laughs) I've heard the music but I don't remember it off the top of my head. But also that's really fucking rude. That's right. That's but really, great. Like no matter what you have going on, just be a separate person. Like be, if John Lennon had gone solo and started the Beatles, but better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The Beatles, but the one you cared about. The best Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife. Oh, okay. But Cindy has a family now. And 
And voguing takes up her time, so she worries that she can't do it, but her loving family has her back and it's all okay, right? And Rona is trying to start a solo career and her boyfriend slash manager is like, no, obviously getting back with this huge group will fuck over your solo career. But at the end, she dumps his ass. Good, I fucking hate him. Yeah. God, I loved his abs. We'll we'll get to him in his nightmare chat face. <laughs> Not your work. Kendall, Kendall has it out with Uncle Marty, but plot twist, it was actually Kendall's dad that gambled all the money away. Okay, but wait a minute. If they were still having money problems because of the gambling addiction that her dead dad had, why was the club still in trouble like 10 years later? Why did David and Alan Greer be like, like, oh, I got to keep fucking the books up so it looks like I have the gambling addiction. Like, did he fake a gambling addiction to keep up the ruse for his dead brother? He wasn't fucking the books up. He had just, uh, Kendall's dad had blown so much money that he's only just barely been able to keep the club afloat since then. Okay, so did David <laughs> yeah. Allen Greer fake having a gambling addiction or no? No. Did we get an answer? No. No, no he didn't fake it. He really had it. No, he didn't fake or wait yes or he did, did fake. He have like a small one and then the, the brother died and he's like oh shit i gotta make up for his debt like i gotta like double down on the debt <laughs> wait Does that's that like I, I'm gambling I inherited for my brother's now. gambling <laughs> uh, yeah no like i'm gambling for two i don't want to be an alcoholic my brother died <laughs> Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Marty pretends that it was his gambling addiction and that he was the dick so that Kendall would have a positive opinion of her father. We have like, we have three sentences left. Okay. Kendall's tore up, but plot twist, Marty spent all of Von Vogue's money as well as anything else he could come by on her college education. Yeah, God forbid you go in state. Or insane. Jesus. In the membrane. End state college Christmas. <laughs> you can afford more presents that way. Marty confesses all of these plot twists to Terry, and she and the rest of En Vogue forgive him for everything he's done. And then they have a banging ass concert and do two songs for the movie, and then end with a picture freeze frame. Lazy. Really quick, I just have a, a quick question. Did anybody fact check Uncle Marty's claim that the dead guy it was the dead guy's fault because that feels pretty convenient of like hey everything's <laughs> going on long enough like also uh, your dad cheated on my wife against me <laughs> and that's why Aunt Martha left kind of Kendall realized that if her dad had actually had any money or a college fund when he died it should have just gone to her yeah but it didn't and her college just got paid for yeah and that's when she realized that uncle marty had paid for her college which meant that he did have some money which meant he wasn't the one with the gambling addiction which yada 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 and so basically it swapped her entire opinion of Uncle Marty because for the entirety of the film, up until that point, they're setting it up as though Uncle Marty is this douchebag and this person that kind of ruined everything no. in the club and was lazy. And it turns out he was none of these things. He was just taking the flack for it because he wanted to make her dad look better. Show of hands. So that way the audience can't judge us if they're listening. If you would pin a crime that you're guilty of on a dead person so that you can go see in vogue for free 
I'm cheap. I mean, I'm frugal. Wow, one of us here is a fucking liar. One of us here probably says they don't pee in the shower. No, I absolutely pee in the shower. It's, you know what? It's because you said so that I can go see En Vogue for free. That's because that's not why I would pin a crime I'm guilty of on another person. You're not blaming crimes on people so that you can go to an En Vogue concert in the context of this discussion. Uncle Marty is supposed to be a good guy because he covered for Kendall's dad and he never paid back on Vogue because he had to pay for Kendall's college. Look, right. you three are my best friends on the planet. If you were to steal thousands of dollars from me and then years later say, I'm sorry, but I had to send my nephew to college, I'm a fucking blast you. <laughs> like forgiveness of Uncle Marty David Allen Greer is a cornerstone of a lifetime Christmas movie. Family. Family's got to stay together. Oh, yeah. And this girl not just has one dead parent, but two. She thinks she's all alone in the world. She has a sad, drunk birthday by a pool and by the equator somewhere every year. Anyway. Did they ever mention the mother? Yeah, yeah she yeah, died. In the beginning, they mentioned Before she was dead. born. <laughs> before, not before she was born. That's some... I don't... All right, Casey. She's dead. That's the important part. They define Kendall by her dead parents, her estranged relationship with her uncle, and then her uber success by following her father's advice of being a person that does the work. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was yelled at us for a while. She has that brief moment of character growth when she decides to quit being a soulless music promoter working for shitty teenage pop stars and return to the opera house and she fires her client. At the very end, she has her big girl pants. You know what? I quit. I'm going to do what I love and make real music and blah, blah, blah. But it's not not part of the film as a whole. You can't me. Okay. It's just, it's, God. okay, so one of the things that we've noticed all month long is that Lifetime just tacks on convenient endings, just like the last couple of movies we watched, that's all that we get for the characters, tacked on endings. Time out. We only had one bad guy in this whole movie. Every other man in man figure was really positive and supportive characters. Yeah, we were fucking represented well this time, guys. Cindy's husband. Okay, Cindy's husband. Absolutely. The creepy assistant. No, wait, no, not Cindy's husband. Are you kidding me? Cindy's husband. Wait, what? Cindy's husband is just the sitcom doting husband. Oh, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And then. Right, but he gave great advice. He gave screenwriter advice. He just, when the screenwriter needed to advance the plot. He called her out on her shit and was really constructive. Right. And he supported her. Let me let me read to you exactly what I wrote about this because because I have strong feelings about this. Ooh. Cindy's husband is sweet and considerate and approaches her with respect and consideration of her feelings. And also, the guy playing that killed that role. He was soulful and believable, and none of that scene belonged in this movie. It was far too fucking good. What I yelled, if you don't fuck him, I will. And also, I wrote down, what a considerate <laughs> motherfucker. Casey, okay. you need to fucking really be careful, because I think Jay's about to fucking leave you to marry this guy. Uh, I will claw his eyes out to get to this man first. I need this. Yeah, Dave, so... I need this support. So shove your vacuous shit that you actually fucking lifetime accidentally wrote a 
supportive, healthy relationship. There was a okay. glitch in the Order matrix, in the and it was beautiful. Order in the court. Dave, state your case. Okay, there's one goddamn fucking scene. Do you think he killed the role when he was delivering the line, honey, the game starts in 10 minutes, but until then, I'm yours. Get the fuck out of there with that sitcom Jay bullshit. Jay said that I, I to me that. with yeah. D&D. Yeah, I do that exact same thing. D&D, not fucking football. Come on. Oh, What's the difference? Yeah, football's more popular than D&D, you fucking crazy person. <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't. I'm saying that that whole goddamn scene was just sitcom dad bullshit. He was written reasonably well in one scene. Everything else, he's just the screenwriter delivering fucking shit. No, he was a goofball. He was always helping out. He, you know, he's taking the kid back and forth to shit. Fucking get some joy in your heart. Has Lifetime Movie Month not taught you anything? Juice, what's your ruling? Yeah, come on, Dave. It's fucking Christmas. Uh, just because there was no, there was nobody in this movie that I could get behind, I actually got behind this character. Y'all are just clinging to anything. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say there's nobody in this movie that you can get behind? Because, excuse me, did you see on Vogue? Yeah, I would like to get behind Cindy. Uh, yeah, also <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, if we're actually getting behind them. She's like at 52 at the time of filming. <laughs> She's so yeah, but hot. It's I, okay. Enjoying En Vogue's music and appearance and enjoying their acting performances are two very different things. I didn't claim to. I said I'd get behind her. Right. We're talking about who we're getting behind, Dave. stop Dave. putting words in my mouth. Pay or I'll attention. put something else in your mouth, like box elder bugs. We're making a podcast. You should know this. Okay, are we making uh, a podcast <laughs> about the movie we just watched or people you find attractive? People I find attractive in the movie that I just I, watched. You asked who we were getting behind. <laughs> Dave, attack the questioner, not in, the answer. In Jesus. the context of how he put it. He keeps singing the pegging song. We know what he means. Yes, when Ju said that the husband is the only one he can get behind, he meant sleep with. I almost wanted to bang fucking Jake. Was that his name? Generic boyfriend Jake shitty Ralph? fucking... It is Jake. Oh my god, Juice! You're oh no, Jake was the assistant. Jake was the oh, assistant. You dipshit. No, um, I don't know. I liked him too. He was like, I would go Chad? bang. I would go bang Chad, and then I would come back and hang out with Jake. Oh, you're a Jake in the streets, but a Chad in the sheets. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're saying. Okay. Um. So Chad, we renamed him. Who knows what his real name is? Wait, who the fuck is he? Rona's. Oh, he's in a movie called Puppy Party Romance. Oh, it's Rick. Pup his Rick. character's name is Rick. Okay, what's his real name? Let people know what's his real name. Christopher Russell. He's in a movie called Puppy Party Romance, and I wouldn't even click on it and guys i've clicked on some shit and re-clicked <laughs> on it to make sure i saw what i saw did anybody like jake the manic assistant to kendall no i overworked i did not enjoy the character i enjoyed the performance yes he was the only one in this whole movie that felt like he was actually acting and not just standing and delivering a line uh, it's hard though because he's the cringe character yeah that's what he was written as but he performed his role uh, 
Look, I'll take what I can get in this fucking snooze fest. I don't know. That's like saying that the only good thing about Friends was Ross. I feel like you're just trying right, to fit cringe right. in as much as possible. Wow, Dave, you're really going to stand by that argument, but come at us for Cindy's husband. I know, That's right? bold of you. Right. That's yes. fucking bold of you. On the point of a Lifetime movie, this is yeah. barely a Christmas movie. Like, I know they tied it into Christmas as, like, Christmas is a time for family, but you take out those three lines and have the concert set on any other day of the year, and it's the same movie. No, no, Dave, because there's a point where Uncle Marty comes over to Kendall's house and gives her a ornament of an angel. Right. That's why I said you take out those three lines. <laughs> Uncle Marty... <laughs> Angel. But it would make sense to bring her an ornament in a silent film That's either. What? So you sound so stupid right now. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> I fucking can't with you. Right. You're right. The true meaning of Christmas is hosting benefit concerts. To yeah, save the opera right. house. To save the opera house. It, no, that's not the plot of a Christmas movie. That's the plot of like a teenage ski flick. Neither is gaslighting on Vogue into doing a concert. That's not a Christmas movie either. They get bullied the whole time. Uncle Marty showing up and being like, oh, you don't know if you're going to do it yet? Well, that's cool. I respect that. Also, you went viral. And now all of you have to Google what that is because it's 2014 and you're in your 50s. <laughs> you don't know what that and means. also you have a phone from 2003. It showed like a 2003 phone. Yeah. Yeah, 2014. God, this Damn. and that scene where they were showing all of the statistics was really just fucking painful. Oh, like, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those are quotes. Oh, yeah. It was just a bunch of random tweets. Just pasted on like a PowerPoint presentation. In a pie graph. Yeah, I didn't even understand what the pie graph was supposed to mean. Your, your mentions numbers. are up 75%. Did you all see the fucking show at the end? There was nobody fucking yeah, there. Yeah, it's like a 60-man crowd. Okay, but also, Kendall kept using the guilt of her dead dad and not living up to dead dad expectations every time Invoke tried to say no to her. But it was for a dumb reason. Like, all the members of it were just like, oh, well, that's so long ago. And, like, does anyone want to hear us anymore? You were nominated for seven Grammys. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> right. Yeah, but right. they haven't performed or sang it all in, like, they said 10 years. So what? So well, you're still okay. so so. That's a good point, actually, because yes, I, there would be great public interest in it. But the fact that they hadn't performed together in ten years is probably going to mean that they're going to need a lot of time to get back together to warm up and learn routines. Right. One lady didn't sing at all. Right, and one of them, whoever the fuck's kid, keeps fucking having to go do things, and she's like, "Well, fuck, I guess I can't rehearse now because I got to go fucking take care of this little shit goblin." Yeah, Cindy. Her 15-year-old daughter. I do have a bit of a soft spot for bands making fictional movies about themselves. <laughs> Didn't Aerosmith make a couple of those? Eight Mile was great. Eight Mile, great. I actually have never seen that movie. Neither have I. It's not great, but, you know, it's fun watching Eminem make a fictional Eminem movie. <laughs> it's not, yeah, Rabbit is not Eminem. But. You know what, I would want to see, like, a solo in Vogue movie about Terry. Terry was the only one that, like, was interested in personal growth, I feel like. Literally don't even know which one was Terry. She was the one that didn't have dick in her life. 
That's why she didn't have drama. She didn't get a lot of screen time because like her shit she had her shit oh was she the one making eyes at uncle marty at the end yes the one that that had the studio that was teaching people to sing she was sort of like the main and vogue member i was glad they didn't hook her up with the dj vaughn i liked vaughn what do you i don't know like four lines yeah, I know. No, but he was into it every but time was music was on. That motherfucker was swaying. Yeah, he was. A but lot. honestly, like, if we're gonna watch a movie about any character from this, it has to be about Kendall's dad. I mean, okay, the whole I'm a gambling fucking maniac. I own a club. I'm really fucking good at my job, but I can't stop gambling. That whole dichotomy and like meltdown of his life Juice. to the point where how does he die? Juice, you're on to something because he dies by getting hit by a car on accident, right? But it's because he owed gambling money. Dude, you just blew that shit open. Why didn't they come after her college money because the debt was paid right bookies don't run you over though like you can't do. Pay they them. Have the bookies hire right. no, they, no you hire. can't pay them no the mob will if they if they kill you you can't pay them back they want their money you can take insurance out on whoever you want so someone would just have to take out insurance on you and then take you out all right guys i think that we have gaslit dave enough tonight I feel like he was doing it to us. Don't He's not the you victim all here. Keep using that word, and it's. I'm gonna go gaslight a campfire outside because it's a gorgeous <laughs> night. All right, we all got Dave Turgid enough tonight, guys. <laughs> oh, I think it's no. time. <laughs> oh, that's oh, are true. you soft? <laughs> <laughs> flaccid, like flaccid Dave. So, Dave, I'm gonna turn it over to your half Turgid self here and ask 2014's. And in Vogue Christmas. Are you going to sit down and watch it again? Again, hate that title. And on Vogue Christmas requires, <laughs> I enunciate, far too hard. You know, if we're going to watch a movie that has multiple musical sequences in it, we didn't really talk about it, but having those sequences be on Vogue performing a lot of their hit songs is better than what we've gotten a lot of this month. It's mm-hmm. certainly better than the musical performances we got in, uh, I don't even remember the title anymore. Oh, your knees. High school holiday reunion. Oh also known as Christmas Crush. Yeah. Jesus it's- wept. <laughs> I just <laughs> watched that wept. scene today. Oh my God, why? Jesus wept. <laughs> oh, I no, thought you meant Dean holiday Pelton. high school. <laughs> no, no, the Dean Pelton in VR. Yeah, that's how I feel about when she hit that note still weeks later. The music in this is very good. The movie around it is very, very not. It's aggressively boring. The acting is, it's not even terrible. It's just flat throughout save yourself the time and just watch like four or five on vogue music videos on youtube so no i am not gonna watch an on vogue christmas again casey how about you would you watch an on vogue christmas again okay so in the context of a lifetime christmas movie yes i would watch this movie again this is a great movie to put decorations up to craft clean the house while you're watching because when like you start to hear the music the rest will and you just like come into the room and you're like yeah and then that gross assistant man comes on screen you're like well back to the toilet and you know sit on it clean it whatever you're doing to the toilet at that time 
I don't like myself. Yeah, I would watch this again. <laughs> I'm not in a good place. Wow. It's 2020. Jay, what about you? Would you are what kind of place are you in? Do you need this as much as I do? Would you watch an Envoke Christmas again? Okay, Dave, there is no small town dick in this. Mm-hmm. Plus. So it dodges mm. that from Christmas movie. Casey, I think you make a good point that if you're gonna watch a lifetime Christmas movie. This is one of the better, this is probably the best one we've watched. Mm. That being said. Yeah. No one else is forcing you to do that. Right. Uh, there right. are no hookers yeah. in this movie. <laughs> that being said. I'm sorry. Dave, when you say that it's fucking flat, yeah, there's no tension at all. And everything, they just throw us like this, like, oh, well, we're going to give this person this paper thin conflict and then we're going to resolve it. So you feel good. But also on Vogue, it's really just an excuse to have on Vogue. And I'd rather just watch the music videos on YouTube and put up Christmas decorations. So no, I am not going to watch an on Vogue Christmas again. Okay, if you're coming to Lifetime for a conflict, keep going to Spike. Keep scrolling. We have enough conflict in our life. We need something light, goddammit. This is why it's the television for women. You don't get it. It's a cheap thing. Juice, you brought this. You did this to us. 2014's An En Vogue Christmas. Would you watch it again? I stated earlier, I come for one reason, and that's to break shitty cinema. And I think that we've had a more in-depth conversation about the plot of this film than we have any other film this entire fucking month. There was shit happening. The delivery was garbage. Don't get me wrong. There was a couple of times that eh, some people tried harder than they did for the rest of the movie. But regardless, yeah, it it was a lot of made up bullshit. But you know what? I got to see fucking on Vogue. I got to I, I felt like I was there. I felt like I was a part of yeah. the lives for a moment. Yeah, like, so, yeah, felt the hype. I, I don't ever, I very rarely will sit down and watch a Lifetime Christmas movie, but the next Lifetime Christmas movie I voluntarily sit down to watch is going to be an on Vogue Christmas. Bring your juice! Yes! Yes! So, Casey, we're going to have to have an on Vogue fucking Christmas party. Yes. Insanity. Shotgun the free your mind boots. Free your mind! Dave, I'm glad that at least two of us are saying... Oh, I'm going to play it so fucking loud. It'll be like you're watching it. Kind of like you like secondhand watch Cats like the four extra times I had to watch it. And the verdict is in. Uh-huh. Two of us are going to sit down and watch an on Vogue Christmas again. Two of them are going to go ahead and probably jerk each other off. Dutch Rudder, maybe. Hey, maybe. I bet they are. I'm not, I'm not looking that up on Urban Dictionary. Anyways, next week, we're going to jump into a new month. Casey, I think you're starting us off. What are we getting into? It's game over, baby. Movies based on games, tabletop, board games, video games, weird poop needle games. No more poop needles. (laughs) Dong Jim. (laughs) So I'm bringing one of my absolutely favorite movies. Oh, no. I didn't want to love it, but I do. Yes. I don't think we have a recording of it. So uh, we've watched this movie before, and we are going to watch it again. I'm bringing Dead or Alive. God damn it. 
Vendetta, Eric Ooh, Roberts. Oh, yeah. That, that fighting game where a bunch of people wear like really skimpy bathing yes! suits? Yes. Oh, I, oh, dude, like I am. You're going to love this movie. I'm really excited for this movie. Uh, what, Jamie Jamie Presley? Is that who's in it? I think so. Super hot. Oh, my God. Uh, she yeah, plays yeah, Tina Jamie from Presley. the game, and Tina and her dad are my absolute. Oh, they're a gem. I'm really excited for you guys. Well, Cinemites, if you have a bad movie we should watch for this podcast, want to say hi or send dog pics, like the Facebook page, sh.ttycinema. We're on Twitter at Bad Movies, Bad People, and that's PPL. Casey, that's me, bitch. Is on Instagram at Casey.cinema. Mostly dog pics, because we're in quarantine. We are socially distanced recording this, which is why some weeks we sound fucked up. So if you want to help, you know, fix that if you want, Swing by the Shitty Cinema Patreon page at patreon.com slash shitty cinema. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights, buy a bunch of scratch-offs, and blame it on your dead grandpa. Huh?